Peter. All right, we are live. Um, Let's go. Yeah, no, I'm glad we were able to do this. It's it's really funny. So like we get, oh, we get a number of emails every week uh, from like people wanting to promote their music and you know different PR people and a lot of the time when it comes to coffee and sugar, we're more so seeking out different things that you know we're enjoying at the time, right? Um, and when we yeah. can fit in like people that reach out to us from like PR teams or management or, or whatever it may be, you know, like we'll give it the time of day. Right. Uh, not to sound, not to sound arrogant or anyone, anything, but, no, you're good. um, you know, when y'all's publicist sent us uh, y'all's music, you know, cause I get all the emails and so I'll see be like, Oh, okay. You know, I think what really caught my eye was just like, maybe like the, the branding of y'all single, like, cause I'll click on it and go to, uh you know spotify or whatnot and then i was like oh you know hit play and then i listened to the whole song and i was like well, that was really good i i really enjoyed that uh and i listened to it again i listened to it again <laughs> and I, it worked <laughs> and it worked it did well it did i'm really glad good. it worked i'm glad you like it yeah and then i went and watched the music video and i was like this is cool this is this is quality and i am i am a man of quality so um i really appreciate i really liked the video i love the colors i loved what you guys had going on and so i was like thank you thank you yeah that absolutely. means the world to us thank you yeah so i was like all right let's let's go ahead and bring them on and uh see what they're all about so here we are today well thank you for having us thank you for giving us the chance thank you for listening to what we have to offer it really does mean the world to us and i'm really happy to hear that you like we had got going on yeah i don't absolutely. know I don't know anything about your program, but I heard the word coffee and I was like, yeah, I could do it. I'll make fun. <laughs> let's, let's go, man. It's so funny. Like when we first set out, we started this in 2020, you know, just as like a small, like personal blog, right. With me and a buddy of mine, Mo, who's the other side of coffee and sugar. And it was just like, Hey, let's share some music every day that we're listening to. Right. Like that was really yeah. cool. You know, who's, co- who's coffee and who's sugar. I'm coffee. He's sugar. Nice. And what's, I love what's that. Cool, is my last name's Kaufman. I was my nickname was Coffee all throughout, uh, like the last like ten years of my life. <laughs> and then his name is Sugar, spelt like that. Yes, that is that's awesome. So, that is so cute. I love it. <laughs> and then you yeah. do the and then you do the Deathcore logo, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it works. I'm gonna I'm gonna go comb through the back catalog after this and listen to some episodes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, no, I, I found y'all because of the, the thing you did with the goalkeeper. I believe it was goalkeeper. I'm 90% mm-hmm. sure it was goalkeeper. But I yep. saw that. I'm like, I like this already. I want it on this. <laughs> so. So, no, that, yeah, the, the, it's so funny because, like, we're not doing anything, like, reinventive. Like, anybody can do this. It's, it's super, you know, to the point. But, like, branding is so important. And, like, we care. I care a lot about branding and, and how we're presenting ourselves. And, like, our, like, legacy logo, as we're calling it now, is, like, it was, it was simple. It was to the point kind of thing. And I was like, why don't we do a death metal logo and just throw people off? And it worked. Uh-huh. And, and people are like, that's dope. Uh, what is that? Wh- wh- why is it called coffee and sugar? And what does it have to do with music? Like that's, yeah, that was, that's been no branding is cool genuinely thing. everything. Absolutely. Like um, if you go through the back catalog of the most recent high wind singles, it's all the white background, something symbolizing the song, the white background, something symbolizing the song, the white background, something symbolizing the songs. And then out of nowhere, the branding flips to, you know, the color splashes, the paint, the cotton candy colors, the essence of like, you know, that sweet, you know, the, the sugar-coated pop kind of colors. Mm-hmm. And it's throwing everyone off. It, it's 
it's about branding. You got to give mm-hmm. yourself a look. You got to give your give people something to remember. You have to associate, you know, a look and a sound or a look and an idea. And that's a lot of the time what people are attracted to, I think, especially after, you know, I've been taking a lot of marketing classes recently through college and people mm-hmm. really associate what they're looking at with the thing they're getting from that product or the thing they're getting from that song or that interview. Marketing and branding really is everything. It's very interesting to see what it does to, you know, the human mind. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. And that's kind of what we, uh, what we kind of set out to do on our end is just how can we stand out while doing something that, you know, there's tons of out there, you know, and I think that's what makes companies that have great branding just stick out, you know, and, and like the, the sugar thing that you guys got on, like the cotton candy colors, like you were mentioning, um, it stuck out, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the album art, it's like interesting. Thank you. It, it was it looks simple right but like it's it's interesting it sticks out and, and, it, and it worked and it got me to listen to it and now i think i it, it's on you know you're on spotify you got your liked list right and it's like yeah, of course you guys are like currently like number like five on my liked list let's go oh, <laughs> that means a lot thank you that 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 that, make, that warms my heart to hear for real thank you yeah absolutely and it's it's, it's a bob it's like you know and it's just like it's an easy listen and uh you know, there's so many people out there making music and how do you really separate yourself? Like we're doing, like, how do we separate ourselves from like an alternative press or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Finn McKinty, um, or, you know, lead singer syndrome with Shane told, uh, those podcasts and, and yeah. how do, how do we separate ourselves? And so we, we are sticking to branding and you guys are clearly doing something really great. So, um, thank you, thank you. it's, it's, it's cool to see. And so I'm glad that you guys reached out, um, and so here we are. I want to talk about you guys. I like to keep this super to the point. That's not, I'm sorry, sorry, not to the point, super simple. Uh, I don't have a lot of questions for you guys. I like to have questions come up very organically, uh, genuinely, as we're kind of seeing. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to sit exactly. here, have our drinks, talk, call it a day. Yep. So let's, let's just go ahead and jump in. I want to know, obviously, Dan and I were talking before we jumped on about like where you guys are from. We're going to go ahead and just jump back into that, where you guys are from, how you guys got started, and then we're going to see where it goes from there. So we're from the general area of like Asbury Park, New Jersey. Um, we're within like that, that 30 minute span of all the towns on the shore and that kind of thing. Um, Dan and I had really been playing in like the same circuit of music to a certain extent. Like I was more on the pop punk side of things. He was more on the hardcore metalcore side of things. At some point we were both asked to fill in for a metalcore band that was starting out playing shows only had a couple members and that's how him and I really made the connection things didn't work out for us in that metalcore band um I was doing my thing with Highwind and that I was going full scene with that um I asked him to fill in for a tour that or a weekend run a tour's worth of shows I guess whatever you want to call it in October of 2019 and then COVID hit. Um, I had someone else in Highwind at the time. I kicked him out. I started recording some songs. I asked Dan to play drums on some of those songs. And it just kept flowing, kept working. Everything felt really good. I asked him to play more songs. Eventually, we started recording a couple of the songs for Something Great in Between in January of 2021. I asked him to play on one of those songs. I asked him to do f- five more songs worth a few months later and I said hey just be in the promos hey start doing more of this and it just it was just the most naturally organic process of having someone join my band that I've ever had in my entire life and it's been great 
Yeah. Yeah. We, I guess that was 2018 when we, when we filled in for our metalcore, whatever metalcore band it was, I, I, oh man, the name escapes me. Um, Mm -hmm. Life itself, Um, New Jersey metalcore. Cool, cool guys. Um, But yeah, they were like, you know, they couldn't get a lineup going and they had the show booked and we were called to play. And I think they weren't trying to recruit Chris to play full time, but they were trying to get me to play full time because they know I had been playing in like metalcore bands and stuff. And I was really burned out on that side of things. Mm. Um, be, being, um, I was in a band for seven years. Yeah, that that checks out. Six years, <laughs> seven years. Uh, it was a lot. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm done like playing metal. I was actually done playing original music. I was going to try and start working on studio stuff, co-writing, co-producing. And then Chris called me to play a couple shows. I said, yeah, I could play a couple shows. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Um, then we did. Uh, I had a really good time. He did a lot of recording over COVID. And it was just like, you know, phone call. Hey, man, you want to play on this track? Hey, man, do you want to play on this track? It's like, yeah, sure. Um, and then yeah it again very organically of just working on the material i really uh i do this thing where like when i'm working on songs with people or like chris specifically in this instance um i over contribute in a way that like when you hire a musician it's like just shut up and play the song and i'm like oh what if we do this and what if we do that and what if we change this part oh and um you know what if what if you do a handstand here and then um yeah yeah and then and then like there's just like these like you know like i have fingerprints all over all these songs Mm -hmm. and then um yeah i was just like i showed up to the promo shoot and chris was like do you want to just join my band? And I was like, yeah, this is the last one. This is the last original band I'm ever joining. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's ride or die right here. And then let's yeah, go all in. Yeah, yeah. We took, we did those cool paint pictures. So mm-hmm. uh, that was in Chris's backyard. Yeah. That was all in my backyard. Our photographer, Chris mm-hmm. Kunchuk showed up. He set up his, his backdrop. We took these little hands of can- cans of paint that I got from you know, whatever hardware store. And we just threw it all over ourselves, threw it on the backdrop, and we just had a blast with it. There's really no rhyme or reason to it. It was just this impulsive sort of the moment. Hey, I have this idea. It fits the aesthetic of the songs that we're going for. Let's mm-hmm. do it. See how it turns out. And it's one of the coolest photo shoots I think we've ever done. Like, it just went mm-hmm. from the spur of the moment idea to the most recognizable thing that I think, you know, or at least I've ever done. Because, you know, a couple of you have done the paint spider thing here and there, but we just took it and made it the most natural looking thing we've ever done. And we rolled with it. And I think that it really blends with the aesthetic of songs like sugar and fine for you and everything else that's going to be on the album coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes back to what you were saying too. It's like, Oh, we're not like, that isn't the most original idea on the planet, but like performatively, how can you express yourself or leave, leave yeah. your mark on that? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was cool. It was the cotton candy colors are cool. And like, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of like musicians who can call back and tie in other things. And this is something that we can easily reference back to at a later point in time. And we've talked about ideas like moving forward. Um, you know, how can we make all of these things not connected, but like tangentially related lore, mm-hmm. so to speak. We'll call it lore, high wind lore. It's all about the lore. We're spoiling them <laughs> with the lore. So, you know, Going from like a metalcore band, I'm a huge metalcore fan, so I 100% respect. Um, that's where I really got my start in like music was listening to A Day to Remember, We Came as Romans, and uh, 
all of the all of the bands back in the day asking alexandria you know i've been uh, non-stop listening to icy stars really let's go <laughs> no hold non-stop. on wait a minute i saw icy stars with chungno captain chunk one time at a small venue in jersey and it was one of the, one of the coolest shows ever i bet that was, that awesome. was so much fun so man uh digital renegade was probably one of my favorite album that they ever put out yeah mm-hmm. i saw um I've been listening to End of the World Party, which is kind of like everyone's like sophomore slump. Like that was a bad record. Um, But because Chris and I are playing a lot of like popular music. uh, Well, and I'm still I would argue like very new to the genre of pop rock, alternative rock. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I have um, a handful of bands that I've listened to, but I was always like, if there's no screaming in it, bro, I'm not going to listen to it. (laughs) You know, like just like just being a closed minded schmuck. Um, <laughs> but I really, I really like that record. But I saw Icy Stars open for um, my brother Rick and I went. It was like a super last minute thing, and we went mm-hmm. and saw them with Attila. Um, and we we left before Attila went on. But Icy Stars came out, and uh, New Demons had just come out. And I'm on a record. The dude came out and said, "Hello, Virginia." And the place booed them out of the building. You would have thought, you would have thought that like, that you were, I, I don't even know. I don't even have it. Like, like you're at a football game and the announcer is just like, you're now your New York jets. And the giants ran through the tunnel. Like that's how like angry the crowd was. Wow, that's wow. insane. That's so Sheesh. unfortunate. So uh, not to, <laughs> not to, not to derail, but. I have friends that are going on their first tour and like, there's like an over under of when is the lead singer going to say the wrong city? Like, mm. <laughs> hey, if you don't mind me asking, who are the friends? So they're in a band called Archetypes Collide. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're on the, the Amity, Amity Affliction. Am I, is that wrong, wrong band? Yep. Wrong, where they're yep. on C4 Cinema, right? Yep. 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 Cool. I know that's right. Yep. C4 yeah, Cinema, so my homies. Chris I've known everything. I've known the lead singer. Much. I've known their lead singer Kyle for over 10 years and I've watched the band go from this to this, uh, being signed to fearless, uh, you know, last month. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been cool to watch. I'm actually, when they come through Texas, I'm a concert photographer, so I'm going to be running, uh, from Houston to San Antonio to Dallas with them, uh, and, and taking photos. I'm, I'm stoked. It's going to be, you know, first, oh, that's awesome. tour, first tour experience. But anyways, those guys, um, first tour, it's been cool to kind of see videos pop up on YouTube of them live and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, we we're like, so what's the over under of Kyle saying the wrong city when he, when he, <laughs> when he's <laughs> on awesome. stage, you know, but no, that's, that's crazy. So you I see stars. I have actually have a, fo- I have a, a canvas photo of uh, Devin Oliver right here in front of me uh, that oh, I that's took neat. at uh south by so what like six years ago uh i love icy stars great band. yeah, yeah. Awesome. You, you know yeah. what probably you know what probably happened is he probably slept on the bus ride and then just woke up and was like oh we're in virginia here we go and you know what i mean like he <laughs> he rolled out of his bunk and probably ate and then went on stage you know what i mean uh-huh. like or whatever his pre-show ritual was so i i wasn't like mad at him but i was like oh man that's a rough crowd you gotta deal with now brother and <laughs> I, I mean they i can they are consummate professionals like he did apologize after yeah. those because he said it in the middle of a song um mm-hmm. but 
Um, it was really heated moment. It is what it is. You it was, say garbage when you're in the middle of a set. It was. And you're the, like, oh my god, yeah, let's go. The hype is real. What's going on, Virginia? <laughs> and then the oh, song just cuts man. right there because they're booed off stage. That's it. That's how it happens. Totally. <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. I can say um, I've never seen that happen. Uh, so, wow. <laughs> Well, yeah, everyone told me they're like, oh, his vocals are backtracked live. And I was like, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. I can no. tell you after that, you can promise that they're not. No way. No, no, he has a phenomenal voice. I, really I love does. his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the album that has just him on it, the one that the after uh, Treehouse, that one, it's mm-hmm. pretty, it's, it's like not my favorite record, but like it's cool. Like it's different for them. Yeah. But anyway. I see stars. <laughs> no, the post hardcore genre, dude. Like I, again, I grew up on that. Sounds like you did too. Uh, y'all mm-hmm. did too. And yeah. uh, it's just cool to see, you know, you guys are seeing it right now. The whole emo stick, the emo genre of a sense, you know, of, of look and music and like emo's not dead kind of thing come back is really cool because, you know, we were made fun of when I, when I, when I was in high school for wearing skinny jeans and yeah, black course. all the time, you know, and, and now it's boat. like, mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, oh, so now it's cool. And, and, and y'all are wearing black skinny jeans because it's hip and it's the style. And it's like, yeah, but there we go. Like, mm-hmm. oh, gee, yeah. like, let's take it back. <laughs> we were the first ones to do it. Yeah. Like, let's As the person real. who's wearing the Anne Berlin shirt right now with the black Hell skinny jeans, yeah. like, I'm living that right now. If you go back and listen to like the first Highwind EP, it's super inspired by a lot of post-hardcore. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, like you're hearing a whole lot of, you know, fast-moving riffs. My friend Nina, who used to play in a heavy band called Calm Down, did vocals on one of the songs, like, as someone who was heavily inspired by that, like, you know, the that early 2000s emo post-hardcore kind of thing, I'm mm-hmm. living for seeing that come back. Like, yeah. even though I'm not going, I saw the My Chemical Romance tour get announced. I'm seeing this huge list of bands that are going on tour with Mike. I'm like, oh, that's neat. So I, I'm living <laughs> for this, you know, this revival of, like, what I listened to when I was a teenager. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm living for it. It's just, it's mm-hmm. funny that, you know, Highwind's turning into a pop band as this whole emo post-hardcore revival is happening, you know? It's, just, it's very funny to me. That's a whole discussion in itself, too, is, like, the bands that stuck with playing, um, we'll call it conventional pop punk, like the Blink-182 style, are slowly, mm-hmm. like, deviating out into, like, they either broke into indie bands or they broke into, uh, like, a more, like, refined pop sound, like Grayscale really broke into yeah. that pop sound. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, same thing with metalcore bands. Like a lot of them are, uh, I mean, Bring Me the Horizon is a perfect example of going from deathcore crossover to mm-hmm. like, I don't know what to call it other than like stadium music because they're just a stadium band now. And I just, I think yeah. A Day to Remember too is another great example. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Everyone likes to talk a lot of junk on that album. And I was like, I don't know, man. Bad Friends is one of the hardest songs I've ever heard in my life. I think that's what it's called. Bad Friends on You're Welcome. But yeah. I, I love that album. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. I I understand why people may not like it, but you know. It was the first track. The first track I was like skeptical. Uh, uh-huh. But then like I listened to the whole thing and I was like, this is and then I listened to it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, there's the proof right there. I can't stop listening to it. Yeah. I would I, I just start I just start on track two. I did I did the same thing. I listened to it once. I was like, okay. Then the criticism came out and I was like, I'm gonna listen to this more. And then I listened to it and I listened to it and I was like, 
This is this is great. And and Common Courtesy is my favorite album by a data member. That was all-time banger of an album. There's so many lyrics on that album that I like just resonate with, you know, like uh and sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail, like that slowdown. Um oh bro, like hits me. There's a same book, but never the same page. That slowdown is hits me, you know. Um yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like a data member is one of those bands where it's like if they're coming to town, they're only coming to town probably the only time you see them that year you know it's not like they're if you're lucky yeah yeah they're and like i don't know where they play around you but we have like um like a minor league hockey arena in trenton and that's where they play they play like a a nine thousand seat small Mm -hmm. arena and they play it every other year um you know if like i said if you're lucky Um, there's another it's crazy what else there's a tour i just saw that's going through there oh Beartooth and Prada is going through that mm-hmm. same arena. And it's just like, mm-hmm. those bands are that sick. Like, yeah. let's, like, I want to go. Not that I care much for Beartooth, you know, like, it's just not for me. Um, but I love Silverstein and Era is awesome. And mm-hmm. Prada is timeless. And I just like want to sit in a stadium seat and just watch those bands burn the place down. Like, <laughs> Do and you, then I want to I, I want to be the band that plays that arena and also burns it down. Yeah, 100%. it's gonna happen. Call it now. It's gonna happen. And it's gonna be great. Speak it into existence. You know, with with the the I, I love the hardcore influence. I think that's awesome because I have mad respect for for that genre, hundred percent. But I also have a lot of respect for others. And you know, uh, I've interviewed a few kind of pop uh, synth pop bands, uh, pop punk bands um, on the podcast, and like that whole genre too i have a lot of mad respect for because it's it's relevant it's super relevant today yeah, and yeah. i think i think you guys fall into that like you know you're more i guess you're, you're kind of on the alternative pop like you guys said but um you could have a little bit more of a if you wanted right like it, you could put a little bit more of that oomph into it to be a little bit more on the pop punk or you know whatever it may be so like i i, I am i'm interested in if there has been influence from being fans of that genre into what you guys are putting out today. And I would say maybe not sugar, but maybe, you know, something else. What what, what would you guys say? So I am, this is, so I do a lot of the songwriting for Highwind, right? Like like I do the guitarist, I do the bass, I do the lyrics, and then I bring it to Dan and then we fine tune parts. Where can we have a certain hit here? How can we change things up here? I can tell you that I have so many different kinds of inspirations on my end of songwriting like i'm a big fan of as it is they're tattooed into my arm mm-hmm. like patty walters is the reason i sing today so that their influence is always there the band camino has been a huge influence oh, on me so the try hard so ep good. was such an influence on you know how i want my guitars to sound how am i going to make these parts catchy as that is wait, wait 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 that's an ep i thought it was a record as a full record try, try hard is an ep quote unquote that's a full it's, album it's, it's, again logistics it's it's all garbage <laughs> you know whatever you want to call it whatever you want to call it um Kay Flay is a huge inspiration of mine and her songwriting and the way she makes these simple ideas like you know ice cream and having a sister it's into these very you know intricate songs and these ideas of mental health escape you know mm-hmm. um Kaylee Spivey their old band Small Talks and their the EP that they just put out a huge influence on me as far as like you know wanting to write catchy songs that are just about you know wanting to be in love or not wanting to be in love um yeah. 
there is so many different forms of musical inspiration and lyrical inspiration that goes into my songwriting. And even like the 1975 is a huge influence of mine because I love indie pop and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The Taurus History album by Tudor Cinema Club is another thing that inspires the ever-loving hell out of me. Um, and then there's bands like Grayscale that are in that pop punk, pop rock kind of thing. And so that, that's huge influence on me too. The first mm -hmm. five seconds of a summer album is another huge influence of mine. Respect, like, like yeah. I, I could go on forever about the <laughs> albums and the artists that influence me because I like to, I'm the kind of person that likes to pull bits and pieces from different albums, different artists, different singers, different songs and see what I can do with that influence and make it my own. Like I, I think mm -hmm. another really good example I've mentioned this before on other podcasts and things like that, but there's a band called Flight Club from Virginia that we're friends with that we really love. And one of the lyrics involves something like sitting pretty. I'm like, oh, well, I'm writing this song about, you know, feeling like I'm always on the climb, feeling like I'm not getting where I want to go, about being anxious about that. And, you know, still want to get there no matter how hard things get. So I'm going to include the lyric that I'm never sitting pretty, which is the name of the song. And, you know, do this thing where I'm constantly fighting to get where I want, no matter how hard things get, you know. It's all about, or at least on my end, and I'm sure Dan can attest to this too, about pulling from little bits and pieces from inspiration here, inspiration there, and seeing how we can make it our own and do it better and know that we're doing it better because we're proud of our work at the end of the mm -hmm. day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, James, so there's there's two songs that Chris put out. Oh, when uh, when did Reds and Blues and Never Sitting Pretty come out? August. August. Yeah. So right you, should, my birthday. you should check those out because those have more of the ed the edge that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And um, Adam Sachoki from Gatherers recorded drums on them. And I was when Chris told me that I was like because I had just recorded with Chris prior to that and we were doing something after. And I was like, oh, you know, um, when I had heard the songs like a year prior. It's like, man, I wish I played drums on them. And then when I heard them, it was like, oh, he 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 played all the drum parts I would have played. Now I'm not mad about it. <laughs> and um, but like for me, I I'm like the world's worst student of the game as far as drummers go. Like, I don't like I'm not. I'm going to see Under Oath tonight, right? And uh shouts out to Under Oath, little band. Someday they're gonna make it. Um <laughs> Maybe, and, maybe someday. I don't know. They're on like, the grind. We'll see. I, I like, I know like some of, I know some of his licks, but like, I don't know like Under Oath songs in their entirety. And I've tried to sit down and play them. And I was like, I like love these songs and I don't want to like, I don't want to like besmirch the work of another artist. Mm -hmm. So when I'm like incorporating percussive ideas, I'm like kind of just taking vibes or ideas from whole songs like I'm, I'm like a whole <laughs> song listener um you know probably my entire life um but I went to college for music and like they taught us critical listening and all that stuff and it's like I'm not picking out drum parts I'm like what like why does this sound cool it might not be because of the drums it might be because of something else um and then as far as heavy music goes in the influence of high wind um it's a different kind of heavy because I, I would consider Highwind still a heavy band as far as like the placement of the big moments of the music. And I, I use that idea as like, okay, well, this is what I would have done if we were playing a breakdown here. So like, how can we, how can we have the same level of maybe not heavy, but maybe intensity or energy to create mm -hmm. these moments and like in sugar, at the end, when the last three choruses come in, 
there's that stop on beat one and then the chorus comes actually comes full swing in on beat two. And I was like, oh, it's like um, that's like a false start. Like that's something like a math core band would do that. You know what I mean? Dillinger would do that. And that's kind of like we were sitting in this room that I'm in working on this song. And I said, Chris, what if we do this here? Chris was like, do what? And I was like, don't play on beat one, play on beat two. And we like did it and it sucked. And Chris is like, I don't know. And I was like, no, no, no. We just did it once and it sucked. We have to do it like uh, 20 more times. You're going to love it. And then when I sent him the drum demo, like I cut, I cut a drum demo and sent it to him. And he's like, oh yeah, we're Mm -hmm. doing that. Doing that. And then, and then we, when we went and recorded it, um, like I explained it to Connor Hansen. Shouts out to Connor Hansen. Yeah, dude, legend, legend. Um, And he was like, no, I don't get it. And I was like, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. You'll hear it. And he's like, well, what if we, you know, maybe we should do an alternative drum take. I was like, no, no, you'll hear it. It'll be fine. You'll <laughs> love it. You're going to love it. And then he did. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, like I said, I'm not like, I'm not like dying to blast two steps and, and D beats mm-hmm. over everything, even though I joke about it all the time. Uh, but like, you know, it's where can we make our moments most intense and where, where can we, where can we pick our spots that add like these, the waves, you know? the waves mm-hmm. of the music so it's like oh we have the break here um you know we're gonna smash the drums to the back and everything's gonna get caught all airy sound yeah. and then boom that chorus comes back in so right. yeah. yeah and that's that that's definitely an important thing that both the musicians and the producer can bring to the table to keep a uh, listener entertained it's all about the dynamics in a song because if the song is the same thing the same kind of intensity over and over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. throughout that whole two minute three minute four minute song the listener's going to get bored and skip to the next song it's all about or at least from a good songwriting perspective about how you can keep your listener entertained and interested mm-hmm. um there's obviously lyrics because you know people like to find something that's relatable in lyrical content and it's about the music in of itself and how you can keep it moving to make sure you keep the person listening wanting yeah. more so like sugar is a really good example where it goes from like that like and please correct me if i'm wrong dan like that 16th <laughs> in the first original chorus on the yeah. symbol where it's nice and light but it keeps moving and then the song just gets progressively more high energy and more intense as it goes on and then dan bringing in that third chorus where it starts on that that false start where it's like boom yeah. You know, and then listen like, oh, this is happening. Yeah. And again, no, like I was saying, for sure. like notes of that are throughout the whole album where it just gets more intense as time goes on. It's like mm-hmm. it comes in waves where the song just gets more intense, less intense, more intense, less intense. And it's all about keeping the listener on their toes and not letting them know what's coming next until it actually right. happens. But on the same side, keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. not overcomplicated dynamics baby yeah. That's it. Yeah, so my my friends in archetypes collide they put out a song on their when they released that they were or they announced they were getting signed called undertow and there's a part in that song and i have mad respect for drummers i grew up a drummer uh i was in you know percussion in middle school and then i got a drum set when oh. i was in high school i played in a worship band oh. for my church and i was I'm, I'm all about drumming if i had if i could have another set right now and i had a place to put it i would totally get one I literally almost purchased one like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, ah, can't do that right now. I'll send but- you mine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, I'm kind, dude. I'm kind of feeling a new one. So I'll send you mine. Let's go. Okay. I, I would need space for, I don't have room for another drum kit. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, so I, their drummer, Tyler, is phenomenal. And like, there's a part in the song, like, it's like right after, uh, right before the chorus, he just does a doom, 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 snare. And it's just like, you can it just hits you. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, oh, bro. Like, like it's, it's, it's like, it's simple, right? Doom, 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 snare. And it's just like into the chorus, right? Like, um, I have mad respect for drummers. I mean, drummers lead the band in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. into yeah. those big moments and, and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we were talking about this in the studio too. The two main things that people focus on when it comes to listening music are the drums, because that's what they can feel, and the lyrics, because that's what they can listen to and relate to. Mm-hmm. And simple drum parts really make or break a song. Like there's a, a part at the end of one of our songs on our album where it's just the guitar doing its little rit- lick and then um, the drums just went dun, 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 boom, pa, and that's how the song ends. And it just ends with, you know, the snap, the clap, it's done, hey, it's over. And you just left to think, wow, that was the song, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in like my latest world of songwriting, I've been kind of really into the um, the motif side of it, where it's like, how can we creatively recycle an idea or have a repetition that varies? Um, and that's like a challenging thing for me um, in, in my brain, because it's like a puzzle, because mm-hmm. I, I would argue that I'm not a particularly amazing drummer i'm very i'm very much a functional drummer um but i like the challenge of like putting parts together and uh yeah like that's a the whole that's probably the whole reason that um i love this high wind album is that it was so out of my comfort zone musically and i was like oh well now i have i have a new i have a new puzzle to play with you know i have a new musical puzzle to to Mm -hmm. to to chop away at and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just so sick. Music's so cool. It's so <laughs> it's so weird and stupid, but so incredibly awesome. I also yeah. think that's what makes this album unique too, because like I promise this tangent's not gonna be long. Um because like you as know, long as you want, bud. Oh, let's go. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Um he, but, he'll, you know, he'll never stop. No, I really don't stop. As someone who's an extrovert and loves, you know, making new friends and talking to people and you know, talking about music, I will not stop if you oh, I mean that's me. what this is all about. So let's um, go. But yes, yeah, so, so like <laughs> both of us really stepped outside of our comfort zone making a pop album because if you listen to everything before fine for you came out it was all like you know that pop, pop rock pop punk thing i mm-hmm. played in a pop punk band throughout my late teens i filled in for a lot of pop punk bands and the metalcore band we were talking about earlier like most of what i played was heavy guitar based drum mm-hmm. based kind of music so when i knew i was inspired to make a pop album and knew i wanted to make a pop album i really had to step outside of myself for a second be like how am I going to make this? I know I can't make this on my own. I need some help doing this. I need to learn how to properly create, you know, textures and synth sounds and dynamics that a pop record encompasses, you know? And I Mm -hmm. think that at the end of the day, um, and everyone can give me their thoughts and opinions when the album comes out in May, I really think we did a good job of stepping outside of ourselves for the first time and really making an album that we weren't used to making. Um, and again, we have to thank Connor a lot for being a phenomenal producer and giving us the tools and giving us the help needed to make a pop album. But really, literally, took our time. The, the dude is literally a synth wizard. Yeah, it's insane. But, but we took our time to really craft an album that, although it was out of the box and different from our musical history, really sounds like us, still sounds mm-hmm. something refreshing and new from us. And at the end of the day, it's a pop album that I think everyone, no matter what kind of genre you listen to, with the exception of like really heavy music, like, you know, Lorna Shore kind of deathcore stuff. Like I think everyone 
in the, everyone who listens to music can find something that they like out of this because mm-hmm. you know there's dancey pop like sugar there's a couple of softer acoustic tracks there's some songs that are still tried and true pop rock pop punk and there's some songs you know that delve into a little like the more acoustic side of things um and i really think that we did a we did a fine job of making a pop album that everyone can enjoy in some way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. I'm really proud of the work that we put into this thing. And I'm really excited for everyone to hear this when it comes out. No, that's exciting. Uh, I, I interviewed a, a pop artist named Cyan. Uh, his name's Cody. And he has like more of a Lane, Laney vibe. If you know who Laney yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we were talking about how hard it is to be a pop artist because pop pop music is pop music. And there's a lot of people in the pop music world, right? You know, you have the hardcore side, metalcore side of things over here, right? You got, you know, your, your rap stuff over here. And then, you know, pop is a mixture of a lot of different things, right? It's subjective. Pop music is subjective as all hell. Very yeah. much, very much. And so, you know, we were talking about it and like this guy, has great music. I'm a huge Laney fan. So like, I really like vibe to his stuff. And he was just like, yeah, man, like I'll put out a song and I'm, uh, you know, it does okay. But he's like, well, I just, you know, I, I just feel like there's so much competition out there. A lot of people trying to go for that Laney vibe or, or whatever it may be. Cause Laney's so big. Right. Yeah. You know? And um, I think what's important for what you guys were kind of talking about is taking certain bits and pieces from those influences from the, on the pop punk side, on the, on the metalcore side, um, and, and trying to kind of infuse a stylistic piece of that into y'all's music, which I think will help make it stand out a little bit more, you know, and just in the grand scheme of the music world, you know? Right. Even if those ideas aren't like blatantly in your face, it's like, they're still present. Like, cause they're, it's just, it's just a part of what you are. It's part of your musical identity. It's like mm-hmm. what Chris was saying before about, as it is and it's just like it's just ingrained in him mm-hmm. um every every Literally. drum lick every <laughs> drum lick is ingrained that i play with every time i die it's just there it just there's no other way like every time i hit a snare drum hard it's just like yeah that sounds like every time i die you can tune the <laughs> snare however you want you can tune it however you want when i hit it it's like wow there's just a little flavor of that and it's just like yeah. that's my favorite band and All rest right, in Pete. peace to the real ones yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah I, your friend your friend cody he's right it is it is hard because also it's an it's a saturated market mm-hmm. um pop music um identified as such popular um there there's got to be a lot of it there's a lot of flash in the pan type stuff mm-hmm. Um, TikTok has made it incredibly challenging to um, establish any kind of longevity, but it also has been really awesome in, um, you know, expanding your reach mm-hmm. and your um, your with itness because you are now influenced by whatever's going on there. Um, right. It's it's tough. It's definitely a, a tough market to fill. Um, we are a little bit more honed in because i would i would argue that we are a pop rock band Mm -hmm. Um, we're not like a full-fledged pop ensemble right Right. um and it's not like we're you know um choreographed backstreet boys pop band (laughs) yeah um so like we still (laughs) what don't give me ideas 
Don't I'm projecting. I'm Continue. Pro- I'm giving you Continue. the ideas. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I have ideas. Okay, we'll talk about this so, later. Off camera. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. Uh, so, yeah. So, so being like a pop rock band is cool because you you cross the pop side, you cross the rock side. Boom. Mm-hmm. You have you can like hit the. Um, um, I don't think this is a real thing, but for um, you know, for lack of a better word, you can hit like the warp tour audience. Mm-hmm. Um, because the warp tour audience listens to a lot wider variety of music than yeah. just warp tours so we shouldn't like pigeonhole those people um right but yeah there's just like our potential is so wide how do we stick out to all of those people yeah and it goes back to what we started the conversation with branding what makes yeah. us look different what makes us sound different what makes us mm-hmm. taste different you know smell different um <laughs> you know how are we attacking all of the senses and and being memorable too yeah. um and and that's that's another thing um live shows are coming back that helps cuz that's my that's my bread and butter is live performance mm-hmm. um and we've we've with uh, Chris and I have really like collaborated on um designing track listings for or um uh, set lists for live how to make them flow um uh you know, how to engage with the audience, how to make mm-hmm. sure that, how to balance the, the, I call it downtime, but like the tuning in between songs or right. um, how to make all that stuff flow so that the audience who listens to your songs on Spotify, who loves those songs is engaged with you because on Spotify, when one song ends, the next one starts and there's no, right. there's no downtime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we, how do we create a, a synergy that is unique to engaging with them mm-hmm. plus a visual um and so far so good i think um yeah yeah live I, is you sick. mentioned live shows you mentioned you mentioned warp tour and i mean i went to warp tour every single year that i could you know what mm-hmm. i mean same and yep. uh a few bands that stick out when it comes to like when you say there's there's you know music that can be appealing to a wide range of people that did go to work tour. Um, the, the, pre, the, the group that comes to mind is this wildlife. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. And, Amazing. And, yeah, absolutely. I remember the first time I saw them and the first time I met them, I was in line at Warp Tour and they were walking by with CDs and they're like, Hey, do you yeah, want to buy course. one? And it's signed. And so I still have that CD to tit today. That's um, awesome. I love that. I, I love their music and I love their image. Like, you know, uh, name has escaped me, but fully tattooed up to the neck. Like, you think this guy should be in a deathcore out, you know, band, but he's he's straight up like playing very pretty acoustic music. You know, like that's that is the, that's a duo that sticks out so well and is is very well received by like the Warped World. You know, yeah, another band that pops in, into my mind and may not be like maybe a little bit more later in the warp tour world is set it off. Right. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I've seen them God knows how many times now. Yep. Right. I was supposed uh, and- to go see them in February too, but you know, snowstorms in the East coast kind of ruined that for me, but it's fine. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, or water parks, right. Like they, I feel like they walked the line of that, like being in like the, the harder rock side of things, but also have a really cool image to them that can also sound a little bit, Oh, sound a little bit more poppy in a sense right like yeah i think that's a really cool av- like good avenue to look at is like because the, the pop punk metalcore 
hardcore world is huge and it's they're always like you said open to different kinds of music that have somewhat of that that kind of influence kind of infused yeah you know who else comes to mind is yellow card immediately Mm -hmm. probably one of the best like live bands i've ever seen you know from um like i saw them at warp tour and i was like oh this band's good i wonder what this is like in a more intimate setting and i was lucky enough to see them on the tour before their farewell tour Mm -hmm. um at Starline Ballroom and they opened with Transmission Home and just the lights and whoever was running sound and their performance like their their synergy as musicians together I uh I don't know I think I like went into a trance because I don't remember the show really but I remember leaving with my siblings going we want to do that and you know here we are. Chris and I are, are trying to do that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny yeah. that you mentioned like Yellow Card and This Wildlife too, because those are bands that have been influential, not just to like me as a musician, me as a person. Um, I'm going to get a little emotional and sentimental here for a second. But my friend Adam, before he passed away, um, he listened to a lot of Yellow Card. He listened to a lot of This Wildlife. He would cover their songs all the time. And it was very inspiring to watch how much these bands influenced this person and I think I took a lot of hold from that wanting to be the, like these bands, like the Squad Life and Yellow Car mm-hmm. and Set It Off and all of these bands that really pushed, you know, this person I still care so deeply about, even though they're not with us anymore. Um, and it really just goes to show, you know, even though the all all three of these different bands at the time, like yeah, Set It Off in their cinematics era, Yellow Car in their transmission home, the transmission home era, and then um, the Squad Life is an acoustic act, all these three completely different sounds influence one person to make you know, the music that they do. And I think that all of those bands really do attest that, you know, that pop rock era of, or that pop rock genre of music is so subjective. And I think people can just get mm-hmm. whatever ideas and feelings and influences from those and just do whatever they want with it. Like Yellow Card left you, Dan, who was primarily a, a metal musician at the time, wanting to say, hey, I want to do what they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting to see, you know, what kind of music and how these different kinds of music can affect people you know well it's i think that you know what i think you mentioned dan is like being like more on that live side like that's your bread and butter people remember live performances they may not remember an album you know but if they if they experience your music in a way that like entrances them encompasses them it's like i don't want this to end that goes such a long way you know um this isn't really the 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 best case but like switchfoot right uh I, i'm a huge that switchfoot was my fan. first concert ever that was my first concert ever back in 2008 <laughs> huge switchfoot fan and love i love that. their music but i had not ever seen them until probably like two or three years ago when they were on their uh i don't remember what tour it was it was right right before they said that like they were gonna like be going away or, or whatever mm-hmm. um, oh that was a while ago that that might that might have been like four years ago now actually yeah because sure, i remember that announcement yeah mm-hmm. so i went to that tour and when they played where i belong um i was like i don't want this to stop this is this happy vibes i'm just feeling so good about what i'm experiencing right now and that that made me just love them even more you know that's awesome yeah. And like 
there's um a a personalization to that too that 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 the live setting brings especially for us at the level that we're at you know we we we, um play playing a lot of floor shows you know playing a lot of uh, really small clubs like hundred cap clubs Mm -hmm. um and like we're fortunate enough to play in front of very kind and uh you know um what's the word i'm looking for like new like like accepting people um and like i I don't really want to call them fans because like that's i don't know that feels like clout ish you know they're humans who like come to see us play and we talk to everybody and and it's high fives and smiles and pictures and all that cool stuff but we are really really fortunate right now to play for the people that are are giving their hard-earned money to come see us and then they're like on top of it they're like when are you coming back Mm-hmm. I think that's like, the exciting our, part too, because like you know, yeah, it's really exciting. It's very humbling. Um, mm-hmm. our first show back was Halloween this past year in Rhode Island, and like we played, and the promoters like, when are you coming back? Like, mm-hmm. everybody was like, when are you coming back to Providence, Rhode Island? And I was just like, didn't know Providence, Rhode Island had people who listen to music in it. Like, like <laughs> not to, I mean, I'm being, I'm being facetious, of course, tiny. but like. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we're going back in like two months. We're going back and we're gonna we're gonna party and it's gonna be great. Like I can't. I'm like really really stoked. You know. Um, yeah, and that's a really that, exciting like said, thing that, for like booking tours in GT, You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's what makes you know booking tours on our end and booking shows on our end so much fun because we get to explore new markets. We get to see how we do in those markets, and then. Like, you know, if people like it's like, cool. So we know we want to come back here. And then the moment we get to book that show and go back, it it, it brings a joy to my heart and, you know, a joy to what we do. Because like, hey, we get to see these people again. We get to enjoy that experience of playing live music for these people who actually, you know, enjoy what we do and want to know more about what we do. And it, it's, it's just so it's so exciting on our end to be like, hey, we're a band playing live music mm-hmm. for these people that really do appreciate it. And it was scary for that like year and a half that we weren't able to do it. But it it wasn't it wasn't scary. It was not scary. It was fucking terrifying. Yeah, that there you go. That's a better <laughs> way to explain terrifying. it. Terrifying. And I, I think it made us appreciate the fact that we get to do this so much more. And it's something I don't think we took it for granted before, you know, the pandemic hit literally the entire world. Well, okay. So Dan did. I don't know if I did. I did. Um I mean, I guess I might have a little bit because I just didn't expect it to go away like it did, but now that we have it back, it's something I want to cherish for as long as I can. Like, we have a show at House of Independence coming up in, what, how many days now? Three days, I Three think, days. is our House of Independence show, something like that. And, you know, it's Three a venue days. where yeah. we've seen a bunch of our favorite bands, and I don't think I've ever been more excited and more appreciative for the fact that, you know, we get to have a moment on stage in front of people's faces, mm-hmm. and, you know, we get to put our music in their ears, you know? So it's something we're very thankful that we get to do. So. I, I see you have something to say really quick, but um, I think what was very positive about the pandemic and the shutdown and everything that happened and how just absolutely awful it was, the silver lining for musicians and artists, and I've talked about this multiple times on the show, is it gave you time to refocus on how you guys could brand yourselves, mm-hmm. not just yourselves, but like every artist and every band was doing that to try to figure out, okay, 
up until this point, now we can't do anything. How do we continue to stay relevant? My, my, my boys in Archetypes Collide, they started doing like, uh, like online, like um, uh, they called it digital sessions uh, of like live performances. They were doing acoustic covers of their songs, like to keep people engaged with what they were doing because literally they couldn't play shows. And, you know, they were kind of on that up and then they got stunted by, by the pandemic Big as time. did everybody that was on the way up you know, hit that wall. And it's like, oh, shit, like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to get our music to people? You know, the internet's huge, you know, TikTok helped a lot of people, but it, it, you know, didn't help everyone. um, Unless you hit that algorithm. And then if you didn't, well, you know, it is what it is, right. But people, people were able to focus and, and really pivot their, I guess, their mind into how can we be loud, from like the confines of our own homes. Yeah, yeah, it gave it definitely gave Chris Chris literally the opportunity to rebrand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Chris, how many studio sessions did you have? Oh Probably God, I had so seven, many, if not mm-hmm. more. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's see. There was crashing, burning. There was the reds and blues, never sitting pretty. There was will you please stay and sleepless. Those that's five sessions alone, right there. No, crashing, burning was more like six. No, crashing, burning was more like three sessions total. And then we did the session yeah, for will you please. There was so many. Yeah. Point being, semantics, yes. garbage. The most time you've ever spent in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, f- f- that is certainly a silver lining. I didn't think of that. I never thought of it like that. Um, I did think what a lot of the bands were doing was really creative, but I was particularly frustrated and worried for smaller bands like your friends. Um, who might not have the budget to do a lot of stuff to maintain relevance online or any kind of pull. Um, we did one live session. We 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 hired out a couple friends. We went. Um, uh, I wasn't officially part of the band yet when we did the live session, um, and we did it for Good Noise Podcast. And I think that was really the only thing that High Wind put out that was like mm-hmm. um, a show supplement of any kind. Um, but I think the, I like, I think that's a good thing for bands to be more considerate of too. Like, Oh, like, okay. So now we don't have to tour 10 months a year. Now we can tour four months a year. And then, um, you know, instead of playing Pittsburgh eight times to 10 people, we can play Pittsburgh once to 150 people. And then, whatever place we didn't get to hit, we will put out this live session. Mm-hmm. And then like my brain says tiny band should pay wallet for $2. You know what I mean? Like, like make it like so cheap that like, it'd be like silly not to buy it. And then everybody gets to watch this cool live session mm-hmm. um, or, or whatever. I mean, and that's just one Avenue that any band could have taken. Um, I thought, um, what, uh, did you watch any like pay-per-view band live sessions james yeah i think any one of them anyone stick out it may not have been a pay-per-view i i don't know a data remember did a a, did an acoustic live session um that one escaped me i didn't see that one oh it was really good it's it's uh when they released uh one of the new songs off the new album was prior to the drop of the album um sweet and that one was it was cool i just you know tune in live and then boom I, I don't think i paid for it but um i did i did pay like the 
the Patreon subscription for my buddies to watch their digital sessions as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I watched, I watched, um, under oath. They did all three of their big albums mm. and they, they did them like live, live. Like they were in a room with a light show. Like, Oh, what you like, you watched them record it in real time. And they chronicled on their Instagrams and stuff like, all right, this week we're doing the Rolling Chasing Safety and um, we have four rehearsals and then we're going live on Friday. And oh, it's like, awesome. oh man, you have to learn songs from, from 15 years ago that you've never played live before. That's sick. Um, yeah. And, but then, but then I was like, this is really cool. What are the other bands doing? Silverstein did three in a row consecutively. It was, it was cool. One of them was discovering the waterfront. One of them was, um, you know, like a greatest hit set but I had nothing from discovering the waterfront. So it gave them the opportunity to play a lot of other stuff. And then they did like an acoustic slash soft songs, which was a, also really interesting. Cause again, you got to hear a lot of stuff they never played and they ended up playing like more than 60% of their di- mm-hmm. discography in, in those three shows. And I was like, this is cool. What, what else could anyone do? Every time I die, I had a telethon. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. You should watch I it. I think that. It- you should see if it's on YouTube, it's hilarious. It is so funny. And in between, like in between the songs of them, you know, like playing in the room or whatever, their live, their live session, they had like skits. They had like a home shopping network. Keith had like a talk show. I was like, this is really creative and very entertaining. I know the Prada one was super cryptic and weird because they did the zombies EP or something. Yeah, yeah. And then they did the space EP, like those have really cool visuals. And I was like, then again, I was worried. I was like, man, what are the little bands going to do? Because they have to compete with this. Right. See, but Um, also like the pandemic, I think. Here, finish your thought and then I'll inject. I was going to say, I think that that like standard, like the rising tide floated everybody up and it forced Mm -hmm. everyone to step their game up ultimately. And I, I have been going to shows for a long time. And I think now live bands are tighter than they've ever been. And I also think that bands are more prepared for curveballs now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, James, you're right. That is, if there is a silver lining, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have made my day better. <laughs> yeah. So really, yeah, well, we were you. talking about that not too long ago on for another interview and we were asked like hey if the pandemic affected you in any way shape or form how was it and my answer to that was well it made me think about being in a band differently um it made me think about what can i do if we can't play live how can i give people content to enjoy you know when they can't see us live or you know for those people who can't go to a show you know because there's people who are handicapped that physically can't be at a Mm -hmm. show or you know lights and sounds affect them in a way where they can't enjoy a live show like other people can and it just it makes you think about how can you be a band that's accessible to everyone in some way, shape, or form? And, you know, being cooped up at home for a while and just working and thinking of, okay, well, what can I do next as mm-hmm. a music artist? It really makes you think about how can you stretch yourself out a little more so people can enjoy it a bit more. And then you can come up with ideas like, you know, some band are streaming on Twitch now and playing video games with their fans and people are doing, you know, live at home sessions That's and, cool. you know, learning to record on their own and doing mm-hmm. demo sessions for people to enjoy on like, you know, a Patreon format or a YouTube video format or like like we were talking about the Good Noise Fest session where we did that and, you know, recording live sessions for people to enjoy like a mini concert from home. Um, and it really makes you think about 
who can and can't enjoy what you're doing as an artist and how can you bring yourself to those people that can't normally enjoy what you do? What do you have to offer them? So this way you are encouraging everyone to enjoy what you do as a musician, what you do as an Mm -hmm. artist, what you do as a singer songwriter, what you do as a band. And if the pandemic did anything, it really made me think about, wow, there's so much ground that I'm not covering. How can I cover that? How can I be prepared if something insane happens again and I need to figure out, you know, versatile, versatile ways to be a musician, versatile mm-hmm. ways to be an artist? Because music, music, and this is both a blessing and the curse, music is so much more than the music in and of itself now. It's about how can you engage with the people that love and care about what you do? What can you do to engage with the people that can't attend a live show? How can you be the most versatile you can be while still being true to yourself? And it's, it's a very tricky maze to get through, I think. Mm-hmm. No, that, that, that's 100% true. And I'm, I'm glad I made your day, uh, Dan. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we talk about that. I mean, we, you know, we, we started the podcast to like end of 2020. And so like, that's always been something that we've kind of talked about. It's like, what are you doing? How are you how are you pivoting? How are you trying to make yourself, you know, like you said, more accessible? I think that's a great way to put it, being more accessible to people because in like an all digital world, it's like accessibility is important, right? Hmm. People can't, there's people that can't see, there's people that can't hear, there's people that can't experience certain things that other people experience. I work in accessibility for my company and that's, that's all I hear all the time is like, how are we making it accessible for everyone? And I think that can translate between corporate and into you know just musicians and and how uh people are consuming their music you know one of the things that i thought of was i'm seeing um you know let me use Beartooth as an example and they are they're pushing their brand in a bunch of different different ways and i don't know if you guys have seen but like they created a graphic novel yeah i saw that that's been a huge trend in bands recently i find it very interesting and as someone who's really into anime and manga and things like that i find it very interesting that bands and artists are taking that route of hey we're turning our music into a story that people can mm-hmm. look at and read i find that very interesting and very inspiring and if we have the budget for something like that i would <laughs> love to do that because you know i, I grew just... up on watching like fucking you know the, you know the Yu-Gi-Oh animated series sword art online blah 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 and things like that mm-hmm. and getting manga for like naruto and raid master and things like that so seeing you know these types of worlds collide mm-hmm. is so yeah it's just another example of how bands are taking their brand and 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 marketing it in a way that's so unconventional but i'm just I, like the band Beartooth, I would have never imagined in, in the years I've been listening to music that they would put out a graphic novel to, to be sold to people. And yeah, I agree. <laughs> Just like you said that. And I, I was like, who put who was like the first band to do the graphic novel? I think DGD was one of the first ones. That's the first one that I can think of. I think um, I remember seeing that. And then you were like, you're like Beartooth put a graphic novel out, and all I can think of is the song I have a problem and it's like you said it is it's almost like comical to see that band that started there and where they are now mm-hmm. but I also think it's you need to like we need to be and we are singing their praises and giving them accolades for mm-hmm. pushing the boundaries of um what it is like what your what your product is right um because i 
I'm a, I don't, I'm, I'm a little older than you guys. I think I'm, I'm 28. Um, I'm 28. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So 25. when, oh baby, um, when I was in my, my band and we were like doing our thing, I watched in real time the shift from band merch to clothing line. And mm. my band did not have the budget for a clothing line. And we pulled up there. We pulled up to a show one night and um, in, in our local, you know, at the local spot that I book at and uh, this band Idle Minds pulls up and they got like the drop dude. Like they got shirts, they got gym shorts, they got everything. And the spread looks so good. And I was like, this is the future. And then lo and behold, like, and I mean, I saw bands online doing it too. Now every band it's like, they 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 put a clothing they put a summer line out who's good for that hundredth hundredth's good for the clothing mm-hmm. line like the full and it's just like wow like what happened to it being about the music jaded old man yells at class <laughs> and then but now now here I am and it's like it's like we're talking about making it in as inclusive as possible and part of making it inclusive is having accessible merchandise and accessible visuals and acceptable accessible uh. Uh, uh, materials for your fans to engage with, to play mm-hmm. with. Like, if we're going to take it to like a psychological sort of thing, like, how can I like really connect with the artist or the ensemble or whatever? And the way to do that is by having books and having cool clothes to wear. And and cool is a loose term. Having clothes that other people like or 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 whatever you know what i mean it's like and yeah. especially now like vinyl was really cool until the great adele vinyl shortage of 2022 <laughs> um, I'm I, haven't, sorry. I haven't heard of i haven't heard about that but oh god like, just, oh my god dude so dude chris you probably know more about it than i do because i only i only know it because it's funny the only, the I, only thing i'm gonna say is look into it because it's such a long story but but to give you the general the adele had 500,000 pressings of her album done. Like 5,000 individual piece of vinyl like, of yeah. her newest record. Crazy, like it, crazy. It's insane. And like it, you-, you know, this, this news pops up in the middle of, you know, and it's like, oh my God, vinyl shortage here. Oh my God, no, this vinyl's not going to come out for another year and a half. And lo and behold, out of nowhere, we see Adele, 500 pressings of newest album, you know? Like, like it's, it's what, look into it when you get the chance to and look into the story because it's kind of wild. But that's that's that the general synopsis is while every band in the world is having issues, you know, pressing vinyl, getting it shipped, getting it sent out to their fans, getting it ready for album release day. Adele, she bought it five hundred thousand. Yeah, literally, it's insane. Go to, next next time you're at Walmart, go look through the vinyl section. You'll see her stuff on clearance because <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, it's so crazy. that's so that's so funny. So I listened to a band called Bill Murray. If you've ever heard of them, okay. we're playing with right, Bill Murray. On. We're playing with Bill Murray on Wednesday. <laughs> No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're playing the House of Independence show with Bill Murray and Jackalis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing That's that. That's amazing. I love Johnny Frank. I was a big Attack Attack fan. His Let's side go! project. His side projects are fantastic. Bill Murray is honestly like my jive. I love yeah. everything he's put out with with it, Bill Murray. There's not a song I don't like. Like, I love that. There's no boundaries. Oh, hundred percent. No rules. No rules, and it's it's great. Yeah, we're Dude, the, really the, excited. It, yeah, no, that's awesome. He, he's really excited too. Like, like when he goes to these shows and stuff, like he like peeps the locals and stuff. Like he's mm-hmm. he's he's a cool guy. I've met him a couple times. Um, and 
like, you know, when you meet somebody like that, you get, you're lucky if you get like a 10 minute conversation in, but he uh-huh. like, he like, you can't, when you're talking to him and like, you know, like you're moving through like a meet and greet and stuff, like he's talking to you and they're trying to push the one guy out so the next guy can come in and he's trying to like finish your conversation and start the next one. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a really, really okay. cool dude. Really fun. Quick story on their first ever tour, the first tour that Bill Murray ever went on, he played all these low key places from like Ohio down to Texas. And okay. I live in a, in a city called Denton, Texas, right outside of Dallas. And he I know played, exactly where you are. Okay, so he played the basement of a pizza shop in the downtown square here in Denton called J&J's Pizza. Love it. Okay, and when I saw that he was coming through, I was like, we got to go. I mean, tickets were like 15 bucks, like super cheap. Like got me, my wife, um, and then one of my buddies all went. And we show up to the pizza place. It's a small place. Like there's not a lot of places to sit. Like this must have been like a 25 person cap show. Um, That's amazing. And- we're sitting there at the table. I see Johnny at the bar, like having a beer, like he's just, he's just hanging, you know, and he walks by and it's, we're sitting at a table of six and there's only four of us. And so, or three of us. And then like these other people join. So there's one seat left. He walks by and he goes, Hey, is this seat taken? And we go, no, not at all. Like have a seat. He sat down and chatted with us for like 45 minutes. Let's go. It was probably my favorite show I'd ever experienced. That's awesome. That's well, so did- neat. What would it take for you to fly from Texas to New Jersey? <laughs> I'll, I'll put you up. You can sleep. You can stay at my house. Pushing it, but I would highly consider it. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Good enough All right. for we'll me. Link, we'll link up on the web. Um, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you really want to, like, I'll comp your ticket and and you can stay at my house, bro. You think about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, we're, we're next time, next show. time we're we playing really with Bill are. Murray, we'll give you more notice, and maybe it'll Dude. be a little closer. Yeah. No. High, like high key. I love what he's doing. Bill Murray is is blowing up. I love that he's just he memes the internet, hog cranking, four hundred pound back squat lifting, yeah. like just kind of guy. Like I and and just to be like, you know, sixteen and, and at Warp Tour watching Attack Attack on stage play stick stickly smoke a harness and, and mm-hmm. all of the jams and be like this is so good and when their self-titled came out like i was you know uh i, I was like right before i was going to see them at warp tour and i was just like this album's so good and it's like you know years later i'm sitting across the table from johnny at a pizza shop in the town that i live in having a conversation about what just life and like what he's doing and like asking him questions about bill murray and um all it was just it was insane like you guys have a fantastic time at that show he is thank you thank you yeah Yeah, we're really hyped i didn't think we're gonna get the show from being honest with you because we've tried to play house of independence a couple times now to you know no locals being on the show or little things like that so we sent an email to house the day the show was announced and i think the day after like hey if you want the opening slot we'll make it happen for you and we were stoked to high hell like yeah um, we we like like, we we spoke it into existence it was like Chris would send me a flyer for a show at this venue. I'd be like, yeah, it's cool. You know, submit the press kit for it. And then we get denied or no locals. Mm-hmm. And then this one, it was like, we didn't even like send an email yet. It was like, do you want to play this? Yeah. All right. I'll send the email on Tuesday. And then on Monday, we got the email that was like asking us to play. 
It was so was cool. Like, it was sick. What? We yeah, were so, so we were so excited. And you know, like I was saying earlier, like House of Independence is the venue I've gone to so many times. I've seen all of my favorite bands. Dance Been There God knows how many times to see band he loves. Um, mm-hmm. we've hung out there together. And it's it's just so cool that it, you know, it's hey, it's our turn to play the stage with Bill Murray, you know, less like like this show is just you know, a mess in the best way. And I'm mm-hmm. so excited to get on stage, do our thing, and watch Jacket listen Bill Murray do their thing. And it, it's just gonna <laughs> be a party. Life is gonna yeah. be good. No, I don't I don't know where we were going with that, but I think might have talked about everything branding wise. That guy killing it. I love that he owns all his own stuff. Like there's no record label mm-hmm. involved. It's yeah. just it's just it's just John, man, like doing his thing and like again interesting branding right deathcore logo um memes and like (laughs) great melodies yeah like that's that's like when i listen to bill murray like sometimes i'm like like i really gotta want to listen to it um you know for whatever reason like i know you said you vibe really hard with it um but i I'm the opposite. Like I gotta be like, uh, it's a Bill Murray day today. Mm-hmm. But when I listen to it, I am totally enamored with how he like uses his voice and constructs his melodies. Um, great stuff. Yeah, great it, my my all time favorite album, which I mean I love all of them, was probably Banana. Um, it it, <laughs> it there's awesome. a song there's a song on it called New that has like the uh, Crash Bandicoot Ooga Booga at the beginning. Oh, I love that so much. And it's 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 just the melody. You're talking about melodies. He writes fantastic yeah. melodies. Like the melody in that song is so good. Go listen to it after this. New I'm gonna, on the banana. I've, I've only listened to Eggy Pocket. Oh, you have so much more to experience, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a long climb. Got a lo- got a big mountain to climb on that Before one. Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll get it done. I'll have every lyric memorized by Wednesday. You watch. He'll, yeah. he'll, be, yeah. he'll be front and center for Bill Murray with Every lyric memorized within two days. I will study for the test. Oh, he will be playing <laughs> drums for Bill Murray at that point. Dude. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what we were talking about. You said something. Oh, dude, super tiny venues. Okay, so there's uh, a place in Tom's River called Cluck You up by us. It's a chicken mm-hmm. restaurant. You're talking Ooh. about the Cluck You had, show. Let's go. They've had, uh, they've had a couple of metalcore bangers there. And I got to play the last one with Keonashi. And uh, have you ever listened to Keonashi? Uh, no. You need to. Do it. You okay. like metal, Do it. If you like metalcore, you need to listen to Keonashi. And uh, yeah, I got to play a chicken restaurant on a Thursday night <laughs> in September. It was, there was 200 people there. In, and the, the restaurant's fire cap is, is 40. You know what I mean? Like it Bro. was insane. Insane stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. So That's awesome. I have I I have to listen to Bill Murray. You have to listen to Kanashi. The album is called Dear Lemon House. How do you spell Kanashi? K A O. Carlos, how do you spell Kanashi? Got him. Found it. We're good. N A. Oh, is Carlos there with you? What's that? I was talking to Dan. Is Carlos there with you, Dan? Everybody. Huh? My internet connection is unstable. If Carlos is there with you, tell Carlos says hi. Chris says hi. <laughs> Let's go. No, definitely will. That they they look. That's quite the photo on Spotify. Yeah. Hell yeah, they're, they're uh, from Philly. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, I've I've really enjoyed this. Uh, you guys are dope. I'm I'm super excited for you guys. I'm so glad you guys are playing with Bill Murray. That's amazing. Um, 
you know, we are hitting that one hour mark. So I do want to be respectful of y'all's time. Um, I have like a ton of wood to move in my backyard. So good luck. That's a, have fun that's with a that. thing I got to do today too. But anyways, um, Tex- Texas things. Yeah, just Texas things. <laughs> um, but well, how I like to, to kind of end these um, is I got two questions. Uh, obviously, the first one is going to be like, you know, tell people where they can find you. Any sort of announcements that you guys can share and want to share. Uh, you know, this will probably come out in two or three weeks. Uh, okay. And uh, just kind of lay it out there for the people that are going to be listening uh, to what they can expect from you guys. All right. So. First of all, thank you for having us. It means the world to us. Thank you for giving Absolutely. us the time of day and giving our songs a chance. Um, mm-hmm. Our new album, Something Right In Between, is coming out on May 6th. You can currently listen to the songs Sugar and Find For You on that album on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, wherever you feel like streaming music. Um, we have a new website, highwindband.net, where you can you know follow our shows, see what we got coming out, learn just a little more about who we are as a unit. Um... <sighs> It's coming out in two, three weeks, so the Bill Murray show will have happened by then. Um, oh, yeah, so we are playing some album release shows, too. That, that'll that be announced by the time this comes out. So we're doing an album release show at the St. Nasbury Park on May 13th. We're playing Virginia. We're playing Delaware. We're doing Providence again. We're doing Pearl River, New York. So if anyone listening is in those areas, please coming out. That would mean the world to us. Um, yeah, you can find when those specific dates drop, you can find that on all of our socials. High wind band NJ is that on Twitter? That, that's Twitter. High, High wind, wind NJ is Instagram. And then TikTok. We're on TikTok. I'm the, pretty sure that's the, High Wind NJ too, but I can never remember what that one is. For the youths, we're on TikTok. You can follow our personal stuff. I'm hotbun69 on Instagram, the underscore Dan Smith on Twitter. Um, and uh, we're going to have another single coming out. You said this is coming out in two or three weeks. So there's going to be another yeah. single out uh, at the end of April. So keep your eyes peeled for that. It's going to have a music video. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be very funny. It's uh, easy. It's, it'll be cool. It'll be very funny. I'm just going to leave it at that. Don't want to give yeah. you spoilers for that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I say funny stuff on the internet. Chris, Chris and I have a really good Twitter relationship. It's like, cause he only has the band Twitter and I have my Twitter. So it just looks like this band is picking on this kid or like this kid <laughs> is just like, like shit posting against this band. Like we're just arguing all the time or, you know, like I, I unfollowed him the other day and then he screen capped it and posted it. Like that's amazing. That's good. Yeah, that was we cool. just, it was very some, funny. We have some fun Twitter banter. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Okay. Last final question final question how do you like your coffee i'm a very easy coffee drinker there's two there's three ways i drink my coffee a hot coffee with a little bit of oat milk an iced coffee with a little bit of oat milk or i like an oat milk latte with three shots of espresso i'm very simple coffee i I, i'm a barista when i'm not you know playing shows and things like that so i know my coffee like the back of my hand perfect I had to uh, really hype myself up for this question because I was like, I'm sitting here the whole time. I'm like, where's the coffee question coming? <laughs> it's the best part. You have to end with the coffee. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm a simple man, very simple man. I like, uh, I have a Keurig. I like Green Mountain coffee. The Costa Rican Pariso is the banger. One, look at that, John. I love that. One tablespoon of sugar. And then any non-dairy creamer is perfectly fine with me just to take the acidity out of it. Mm-hmm. And then I won't be burping coffee up all day. And um, 
Yeah, it flavored creamer, non-flavored creamer. I just can't have uh, almond milk because I will die. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oat milk. I um so my latest my latest hinge was uh or my latest binge was um maple brown sugar oat milk creamer. Mm. That was my that was my latest jive. That was my late fall, early winter. Um French vanilla is like my go-to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. a coffee and cream kind of guy. Same. See, it's funny because I'm really not a coffee sweet drinker. Like my coffee has to be like just, I like the taste of bitter coffee. I really like a dark roast coffee. I have to have my coffee strong. I have Mm -hmm. to have, you know, a a good amount of espresso shots to enjoy a latte. Like if there's like, if I'm in the mood for like a sugary dessert kind of thing, I'll have a sweet coffee. But my morning coffee is just like, you know, coffee and just a touch of milk. And that's about it. Like I am straight to the point. Just give me, you know, as close to a black cup of coffee as you can. Or a good latte. Coffee. Reverse right. podcast, James. Reverse podcast. I'm asking the questions now. How do you like your coffee? <laughs> so, fun fact: my nickname was fun. Coffee all throughout college, and then up until this point, it's been like, shoot, ten years now. Cool. I'm old. Um, and I got the nickname Coffee like my first year in college because my last name was Kaufman, and it was like super easy to remember. It had nothing to do with me liking coffee. I actually hated coffee. It was. It was just not good to me, but I also didn't know how to have coffee at the time. So literally in the last year, I have learned to, to like coffee and it's, it's been a a second coming of life, uh, knowing that coffee is actually can be good. So, um, I'm very simple. I like not too much of a dark roast guy. I'm, I'm really more on like the like kind of light to medium. I have a dark, like a medium to dark right now. That's eh, it's okay. Um, I kind of like a, a like a light to medium roast. And I I used to you know brew the pot in my kitchen and I work from home. So it's like, I come over and I just sit down and then I start working. Right. So I have to like go brew yeah, the yeah. coffee and then all that stuff. And it was just a pain in the ass. Cause I didn't want to keep doing that. And I have to go over to the kitchen to go get my coffee. Right. So uh, my wife, wherever this my wife hooked me up with uh, a Keurig for my office it's one of like the little mini ones that I can just like throw it in put my cup of coffee hit the little button and I love that for uh, you I have a mini fridge here to my right with my creamer in it and I don't have to leave my office to make my coffee and it's amazing but how I like it oh is that a cat yeah um huge 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 cat guy. Um, I, I heard a cat. I heard a cat meow. But I also have three. Dude, we gotta do another episode. We gotta talk about our cats. Let's do it. But yeah, you heard him. You heard him earlier. He wanted to get inside yeah. the in the office. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm pretty much like a 85% coffee, 15% creamer kind of guy. I do like really sweet creamer. So like I like the Italian sweet cream. We just got a vanilla bean that I'm trying. Nice. That's pretty good. Good. Sweet. I love that for you. Um, and like, you know, a lot of people have said like oat milk and, and stuff like that is really good too. And I haven't gotten there yet. I, I really just, I'm just loving the, the sweet cream and the, the vanilla beans yeah. really good too. So I like the what... oat milk, the oat milk creamer is, is the move dude. Oat milk yeah. creamer, if you can find it. Okay. Yeah. We, uh, I, I'm all about trying, I got to experience the, uh, pumpkin spice lattes last year. So let's go My i was like right there let's go i was like wow these are these really live up to the hype that everyone has uh around them and uh i think you know there's like multiple days in a row i got me some uh pumpkin spice lattes let's go <laughs> it was good so yeah, yeah. I, i'd say i'm pretty simple i love asking that question because there's a lot of people 
I've talked to. I interviewed a band. Do you know who Boys of Fall is? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I interviewed Boys of Fall. They were the first episode of this season. Um, really cool guys. My goodness. Like I've been listening to them since like 2017. Love their music. Um, so it's really cool to kind of see that come full circle. But anyways, their bassist has a whole process. He's a dripper when it comes to coffee. So he'll oh, sweet. That's pour awesome. over drip and uh, he's like, that's the best way. He's like, it's like a five to 10 minute routine, but it's always the best cup of coffee. So I'm like, Hey, that's much awesome. respect. I love that. Yeah. I, I wish I was home enough to do that stuff, but I'm just like, it's just like, I need the coffee. I got to go Bye. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. I, I'm, I'm very impatient. I'm a man of convenience and that's why the Keurig is so nice to be able to turn around and just boop, got some coffee. Bing. Fair bang, enough. Bang, boom. Boom. Guys, I've really, I've really enjoyed this. I really glad that we got to make this happen. I'm, I'm excited for this to come out and, uh, you know, for everyone to hear it. And, you know, I, I like to joke around that our 15 uh, listeners will really enjoy it, but <laughs> it's actually really cool. We just interviewed a band called Driveways. Um, nice. And we dropped that out this, that episode this past week. And it was our most streamed, most listened to episode, uh, put us over that thousand stream mark. And it was just kind of cool. Thank you. Thank you. It's just kind of cool to kind of see those stats kind of come in after that and uh, feel oh, yeah. like we're not wasting time. Like we're actually on the coffee and sugar end, you know, doing it just like you guys on y'all's ender are doing mm-hmm. it too, right? Like it's those we're baby all trying steps. trying best at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, those man. baby steps that get you to that point. Everybody eats, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. On God, cousin. Hell yeah. Well, right, my dude. cat's my cat's trying to get back in the room again. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna head out. But thank you guys so much. I'll keep you posted on a release and uh, we'll we'll take it from there. You're the Sweet, best. Man. Again, much love for having us. We appreciate you immensely. Abs- absolutely, guys. We'll talk soon. Good. Love. All right, bye. You could treat me like sure.